0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the ACC kickoff event. Dabo Sweeney of Clemson joins us live in about uh, 30 minutes. Scott Satterfield, our old friend from App State, now representing Louisville, drops by later in hour number three. Joining us now, a guy who has taken the Demon Deacons for the first time in that program's history, which dates to, like, I think before Christ. No, maybe the 1800s. Uh, Three straight bowl games and three straight bowl wins for Dave Clausen. He has been successful everywhere he's been as a head coach. Fordham, Richmond, Bowling Green, and Wake Forest. We welcome him back. He loves 80s movies. He also is good at winning football games. Coach, great to see you in person again. Welcome back to the David Glen Show.
1: Thanks for having me. I, I always look forward to this segment at Media Day. So thank you, Coach. U- usually I like it's the end. It's like the, uh, the cherry on the Sunday, and you now s- it's first. It's the main course. All
0: right, yeah, we'll put you right up front. Uh, since we love talking to you about life, maybe even as much as we do about football, what, since we saw each other 12 months ago face-to-face, what book, what movie, what trip, what experience uh, was meaningful to you that you would be willing to share with our statewide audience?
1: Well, I just got back from uh, a couple weeks ago from a phenomenal cruise that we did with my family, my brother and his five kids and his wife, and we, uh, we did a Baltic cruise. So we flew to Copenhagen, and uh, it was very interesting because my name is Danish, and my great-grandparents... Uh, worked as servants for the King of Denmark in wow. the 1800s. So it was really cool to go back to, to go to Copenhagen for the first time and see actually where my family name and my great grandparents met before they immigrated to the US. Um, I, you know, went to restaurants there in last name and they're like, hey, you're one of us. So that was pretty cool. And then the cruise took us to uh, Estonia, St. Petersburg. And so I got to see Russia. And growing up in the 70s and 80s, you grew right. up in fear of the Cold War, and, you know, mutually, boycotts uh, yeah, and, yeah. mutually assured destruction as a uh, defense strategy. And to go to Russia and see the Hermitage and the Fabergé Museum and the Peterhof Castle, and, and just, you know, the, the era of the Czars, And my wife grew up mostly in Paris. So just the comparisons among cultures that you had this czar family who were rulers and just these opulent castles and summer retreats they brought for themselves that then led to the Russian Revolution in 1917, the parallels about going to Versailles and seeing some of the things that happened with the French Revolution. Um, It was just really... uh, you know, it was, it was living history. And just, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s, you'd never think you'd ever step foot in Russia. And it was an incredible uh, cultural, historical, and great family time. So there was a little bit of uh, kind of Copenhagen and seeing where my ancestors are from and then being able to see Russia. It was just an incredible trip.
0: I learned something new about you every time. I didn't, You know one of my favorite lines from Shakespeare in the Hamlet? is, uh, you probably heard this famous line, there is something rotten in the state of Denmark. Yeah, oh yeah. Now we can follow it up with the Claussen family cleaned all that up, right? So There's something rotten in the well, state of Denmark, the Claussens fixed it. It's right?
1: funny, my uh, my college football coach, Dick Farley at Williams College, <laughs> when, we, when we were watching film, he would always say that, that like if a team was in a funky formation or an unbalanced set, they go, there's something rotten in Denmark, and we'd look at each other and say, what the hell is he talking yeah. about?
0: And now that has meaning. One more new thing I learned. All right. I think I've shared with you. For those who don't know, Coach Clausen and I were born 24 hours or less apart in the same year. So we came into this world. Essentially the same. And the time. world's
1: much better for it, it right, is, David? I hope. Yeah.
0: I hope you're allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's keep I telling get, each other right? that. Uh, so your wife grew up partially in Paris, you said, Coach. If you met my wife, I call her the lovely and talented Maria. She's from New York City. Mm-hmm. She has high fashion, high, you know, uh, culinary expertise. I grew up like in an Irish Polish family where you know potato soup was like a delicacy, right? So I've been playing catch-up for the, for my 20 plus years of marriage. I'd feel even more pressure. My wife, New York City, that's like a, that's an international city. Yeah. Your wife, Paris, how well, do you was, live, she, It coaches from like upstate New York. How do yeah, you live Yeah, I, I grew up
1: in Youngstown, New York, population of about 1900, 2000 <laughs> apple orchards and you know, middle America. And my wife was born in DC and uh, mostly grew up in Paris. And so we've been overseas a few times. And she speaks French very well. She says she's not fluent. She certainly seems fluent to me. But the dynamic of going there and being completely dependent on her, is uh, that's why she loves going there.
0: You'll be proud to know that I took a group of 12 Americans to Paris, and I was the French guy. So I would be able to say, Comment allez-vous aujourd'hui, Monsieur? Merci, merci. Um, All right, to football. Some schools aren't sure they have one quarterback, you have at least two. How does that play out, given that we must ask a quarterback question? It's like in the fine print of the qu- of the contract every year.
1: You know what, it's it's a good problem. A year ago I sat here and John Wolford graduated and our starter had been suspended and I had no idea who the quarterback was gonna be. And a year later, I think we have two kids that have proven that they can play quarterback in the ACC, they can win football games for us in the ACC. And it's, uh, It's a good problem. You know, we still got to figure out who's the starter. Uh, It's going to be a great competition, but I have a competition right now going on for our left guard position. I have a competition for our third linebacker. Who's our nickel going to be? Who's our backup defensive end? So um, obviously the quarterback position is critical. It's probably the most important position in all of sports. But you evaluate it like other positions that, you know, they'll decide through how they play who the starter is.
0: One of the wrinkles for this year's kickoff edition is that the ACC network is not just a concept. It is launching on August 22nd. You have 100 other things on your agenda as a head coach. How would you describe how does the arrival of this network or even its longer-term promise impact you as a head coach or wake as an athletic department?
1: Well, I I think it's a positive for everybody. I think, uh, you know, number one, there's the whole concept of the Power Five, and then you see that there's the Big Ten Network and what that's done for their revenues, and then the SEC Network, and it kind of felt like we were behind, and now with this, we're catching up. And, uh, you know, from the exposure, uh, obviously the revenue part of it is going to be very helpful to all of us. Um, And I think it just keeps us on par and continues us in the discussion of, you know, who's the best conference in the country. And, And without it, we're probably in danger of losing ground with it we have the defending football national champion, the defending basketball national champion, and now we have the network, too. So the, in every way, I think we're a top-tier conference.
0: I talked to one of your predecessors this past weekend, Jim Grobe. Mm-hmm. Uh, love him just as I love having you with us. And he talked about his best seasons, of course, as we, you and I have discussed, a lot of experience back. It feels like that describes your team this year. Uh, and he joked some of his best years came when some others in the ACC were down, mm-hmm. like maybe Bobby Bowden in Florida State in a given year. <laughs> you still have Davo and Clemson to deal with. But, but besides that, do you feel like all your other programs, you know, you just kept going up with wins. Does this group have the ability to, to get, not only get you to another bowl, which would be a great accomplishment, but uh, maybe even take another step.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I I think this year there's probably more answers than questions than at any point in our program, but um, we can't bank on a bad ACC. We've got to make progress because we're better. Um, I mean, you look at all these programs, uh, you know, Syracuse is better. uh, NC State's, Dave's done a great job there. Florida State's not going to stay down for long, and you have the best team and the best program in all of college football right in our division. So, Uh, I can't sit here and and hope that someone else falls back. We've got to make sure we're moving forward.
0: Last thing for you, because I think you have another appointment here shortly, about a minute or so. I can
1: cancel that one. I I I
0: like being – Yeah, frankly, you and I should get together for dinner later. I'm never going to run out of questions for you. You did mention that even in your long term as a head coach or even your shorter time here at Wake Forest, your your life uh, coaching but life work balance I- is trickier for you now what has changed along those lines and how are you handling it?
1: well i'm, I'm going to state the obvious that we obviously make a lot more money right now yeah. than we did when i got in you know I, my first year coaching was 1989 and at that point the highest paid coach in college football maybe made 150 or 200. wow so none of us got into it with the intention of making money i think most people that got into it then got in with the good intentions um But what's happened, and I don't know if it's the media, the networks, uh, I don't know if it's the money, but the the ability to find a work-life balance in this profession, I think, has gotten harder every single year. June's the best example. June used to be a great month in coaching. Uh, You'd have some camps, you'd spend time with your staff and your family. June's now a sprint. You work every single day. So, you know, it's a great profession. I love what I do. I'm lucky to do it. Um, But there isn't a work-life balance that existed 20 years ago in this job
0: his name is Dave Clawson he even hit the time that I needed him to hit that's how good he is he's a football coach he's not a radio guy he hit the deadline that I needed him to hit I really could never run out of questions for you and I really appreciate seeing you again face to face thanks for the time on the David Glenn Show